0: Welcome to the Zeal Interestings Podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host this week is Jason Harrison. Welcome back, Jason. Hey, everybody. And I'd like to introduce Daniel Beauchamp. Uh, He's the head of virtual reality at Shopify. Thank you so much for joining us today, Daniel. Thanks for having me on your show. Fantastic. And so we, we brought you on because we've been doing some internal exploration of augmented reality. Jason's been leading the charge on all those efforts. And he, uh, he interacted with Shopify's latest AR, VR platform enhancements. It's just really exciting for us. And we wanted to kind of dig into where all this is coming from and where it's going. Uh, so can you kind of give us a background as to what your role is at Shopify and kind of how that came about and, and, and what that's about?
1: Of course. So I head up our augmented and virtual reality team at Shopify, and my team's role is figuring out exactly how AR and VR intersects with the world of commerce. We've been at it for about three and a half years now. Right around the time when the Oculus Rift DK1, DK2 was coming out, I was playing around with it a bunch, our CEO was playing around with a bunch, and we were just nerding out about virtual reality, being like, this is the coolest thing ever, this will be awesome for games and entertainment, and wait a minute, this could be awesome for commerce. And just through some casual chats, we were like, we need to set up a VR team at Shopify. So it's nice when your CEO is a huge nerd and likes the same things that you do and is like, yes, let's do it. Set up a VR team for me. It's like,
0: <laughs> don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> That's amazing. So like, as a non-entertainment company, you guys have been in the AR, VR world for a very long time.
1: Yeah, I, I, we got in with this most recent wave of, of VR. And when the DK2 was out and then the Vive came out, we were on board, developing with it, experimenting with it, seeing what can be done with the medium, and the Oculus Rift Consumer Edition came out, and we just kept kept on exploring and exploring and exploring. However, we knew that it wouldn't be mainstream technology yet. We'd be doing a lot of research, and we'd do a lot of upfront investment trying to figure out what are the benefits of this medium before we could get any sort of short-term ROI for it, because we knew that it would take years and years before people would be able to everyone would have VR headsets in their home. And that's why we got really excited when Apple released ARKit and Google re- released ARCore, because now you had augmented reality technology that was extremely accessible, that was in the hands of hundreds of millions of smartphones around the world. Yeah, for sure. That that
2: uh, AR seems like a huge, huge uh, win in the direction that it sounds like you wanted to go already, so that that's pretty sweet, Daniel. I'm I'm really curious. It seems like uh, from the story that you just told us, and from what I've read about you, that the Shopify sort of adventure started with VR. What was it that started your personal adventure with VR? What was the thing that you experienced that was like, oh man, this is this is definitely the future?
1: <laughs> so the interesting thing about VR is you can't really fully understand it, and see its benefits and how awesome it is until you try it. So I had been skeptical about VR. Growing up, hearing about certain VR headsets coming up in the 90s and just being like, ah, this seems kind of gimmicky, and you try it out and you go, ah, it's just not here yet. The frame rate's low, the graphics suck, it doesn't feel immersive. This technology's going nowhere. When the Oculus Rift DK1 came out, trying that on for the first time was a magical experience. For the first time, you had smooth frame rates, You had good enough graphics that it felt immersive. And from that moment, I was like, this is amazing. And my whole life, I've been this hobbyist game developer, always playing around with game engines and making my own little silly games and prototypes. But with VR in the picture, I realized I could start making my own realities and that is so much more powerful than just making a game on a 2D flat screen. Now I could actually build these universes and build these crazy worlds and interactions and delightful experiences that can only really happen within the VR medium. So it just sucked me in. And not a day goes by where I'm I'm like not thinking about VR and I'm <laughs> always in it and I, I have my own VR studio in my house. It's just an empty room. That's awesome. And it sounds crazy. And and some people are like, you have a whole room dedicated to VR? I'm like, hey, when the TV came out, I'm sure people were like, you have a whole room dedicated to your TV? It's like, hey, <laughs> right. I'm just kind of ahead of the curve right now. Definitely. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way I, I, about VR I, and AR, too. So my my path was a little bit reversed. I hadn't even tried VR until after I had already been messing around with AR. So, um, because like you, I was like, ah, VR, prah, it's a fad. It's a, you know, it's for super nerds or it's something, you know, and then uh, I was at GDC and Microsoft had a, a setup there in Unity headquarters and, and they were doing a couple of different VR things. And, you know, just putting that headset on and doing the Google Earth thing in VR, uh, was, incredible and just the whole experience you know being able to be in the world i still play world of warcraft a fair amount more than my wife might enjoy and i just think how cool would it be if you could just be in that world and i know that there are spaces like that in the vr area and i think vr is awesome but it seems like and correct me if i'm wrong but lately shopify has focused more on some of the ar stuff and you mentioned ar kit and ar core and My understanding is that Tim Cook even was out recently to kind of talk to you guys about what you're doing. Is that right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So a few months ago, we had Tim Cook over. We were showing him some of the experiments we were doing with AR. So the first one was a product that we launched last year with a merchant of ours called Magnolia Market. And it was this app that used AR to let you preview home goods and accessories in your home before buying them. And it was this really intuitive, delightful experience where you take out your smartphone and you can make a vase magically appear on your table. It was actually the first time my parents knew what I did for a living. They were like, oh wow, <laughs> this is it? Because like before then, it was just like, VR, what? Like You put goggles on and you go to a different universe Like and you get paid for this? Now they're like, oh, we see the application for this because it looks like that vase is on the table and I am more <laughs> confident to buy it. It's like, yay, you, you understand what I do. Um, so, so that was one of the experiments that we showed. But then the second one that we showed was an extension of it where like right now the AR space is a bunch of apps where you start in some sort of 2D UI, you find a product you like, you click on it, and then you go in the AR mode. And then you exit the AR mode to like do the purchase and like if you want to change products and all that. So you're switching from like 2D to, to AR, 2D to AR. The other experiment we want to show was AR shopping from start to finish, where the actual product discovery and browsing would be happening in AR too. So this shoe shelf appeared in front of you of newly released sneakers, and it was this really nice display and it says this as though like a shelf from a store appeared in your house and you could like walk around and get up close and inspect the products and let's say one catches your eye you can run over to that one and take a look at it and it just showed that you could have the browsing experience also being in an AR and our vision is that more and more AR is going to start taking over parts of the commerce journey where at first it starts with just the product viewing then maybe product discovery who knows product Payment, like the whole journey could then eventually be all in AR. And the third example we showed Tim Cook was actually mixing augmented reality and virtual reality together. Where let's say we take that scenario again where you're at home, you're picking out the perfect vase for your coffee table, but let's say you're not an interior designer, you need a little bit of help. Well, now a merchant anywhere in the world can be on like a virtual reality headset and can appear in front of you in AR as this virtual avatar and essentially be like a salesperson and say, hey, we just got this new vase in in last week. I think it would look great in your space. And they can actually reach in and and move virtual objects in your apartment or condo or wherever. And it feels like a person's actually there, you're getting this assisted sale experience. But no one's really there, it's all just happening in AR and VR. So that was just one experiment we put together trying to show how an assisted sale could work uh, inside VR. And Tim Cook's words were, now this is cool, and I will never forget (laughs) those words.
0: For someone that probably sees a lot of cool things, that's pretty exciting (laughs) when they uh, when they point out something that they think is amazing. That's awesome. I was really interested when you said that, like there's like a phase and like a, a kind of a story of how people will slowly start integrating this technology and it reminds me of like how wow. physical retailers embrace the web. Like, you know, at first they were only using it as like, oh well we send out, you know, a, a print flyer every week and so now that's on the web and then <clears throat> but to you know and they They slowly have caught up with with web-native retailers like Amazon to where, you know, there's in-store delivery. It's all the shopping experience is integrated with their web platforms. And, you know, there's still this, like, competitive problem that they have against web-native retailers like Amazon. But it's kind of been... A, a gradual process, and so it's, it, to map that onto AR is is kind of interesting. Is that how you guys kind of think about it internally, where you're trying to get people to embrace pieces of it and and build up that fun- capability?
1: Yeah, we're we're slowly trickling out functionality just to get merchants used to it. Because like if you release all of it at once, it's just too much, and that's sort of what we discovered with a lot of our VR efforts is you tell merchant, well, now you have to get 3D models of your products, now your customers have to get VR headsets, now you have to build this crazy VR experience. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like This is just way too much right now, and the ROI is just not there. For the customer with AR, at least we can be saying, well, you already have an AR-enabled device. You have to download an app for the merchant, and then you can do this AR experience. But that's already a big barrier. Like Downloading an app kind of sucks. And if every single store you went to was like, hey, download our AR app, download our AR app, like, it's not going to be adopted as fast as we'd like it to. And that's why we're actually really bullish on this one technology called WebXR. It used to be WebVR, which was running VR experiences right in the web via JavaScript. Then WebAR came out, and then they kind of put it all into one big term called WebXR. But we're excited about it because it means that these experiences can run right from your browser. The flow would be you're on your favorite retailer's online store. You see something you like, oh, preview in my home. Tap on it, your camera just opens up. You look at a surface and that 3D object appears right there. You don't have to download a special app or plug-in or anything like that. The downside, though, is that browsers are going to be slow to adopting that. like Chrome and Firefox, they're really leading the charge on it. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year that tech is inside their browsers. But Safari isn't going to do that for a while.
0: Yeah. I wonder if there's a middle ground where there's all these mobile-related headsets, like Google's got one. There's always rumors about Apple doing something like that. And if there are web-driven experiences, I wonder when people are trying out these new headsets, if those platforms would have a way of driving people to existing appless experiences as a way to kind of have content. I guess there might be an assumption on these platforms that like, there's going to be lots of bespoke apps for these experiences. Maybe there's a middle ground where those platforms could help people find these web-based ones where they don't have to install extra software. For
1: sure. like If you get the latest Oculus Rift, or let's say some VR headset that comes out in a year and hour or so, chances are Wayfair is going to have an app, Amazon's going to have an app. But then what about the merchants that aren't on those platforms? or that have their own branded online store, that they don't have a dev team of 30 people to build this like, custom app. It'd be awesome if there was some way that they could easily get these AR VR experiences without needing to distribute an app on the Oculus platform or the you know, Steam platform.
2: Has there been any consideration to Shopify just building a Shopify app that all merchants would essentially appear in For that purpose, I don't. I can't imagine how exactly that would work, but like a marketplace sort of thing.
1: We have thought of it, it. It sort of goes against what we're doing at Shopify. Like the whole point is not to have a big marketplace where all the products just like fit within like a grid, like a three by three grid, like you'd see on Amazon. Like it's about putting the individual brands first. And Shopify sort of takes a back seat and doesn't say like, hey, like it's not branded Shopify in any way. Like a lot of customers don't even realize they're on a Shopify store when they're they're buying. So we want to make sure that it's the brand that's at the forefront and it's not just like behind some like Shopify marketplace app.
2: That's what I figured, but but I thought I would ask that seems like at least one way to solve that, right, would be to have that technology built into an app that all merchants used.
0: But but that makes total sense too. So, what excites you most right now about uh, AR and VR and your role? Like, is there anything coming around the corner that, that you're really interested in right now? The web stuff is definitely uh, interesting for me, just being able to
1: easily deploy these experiences. I'm a bit torn at the moment because I love virtual reality more than like, anything else. And augmented reality, though, being more accessible means that we're focused a lot on AR. And it saddens me a bit because, yes, you have hundreds of millions of people able to do these AR experiences, but the experiences aren't as good as you could get in a VR headset. Because phone based AR, like this is like the magic leap, that's in a different category with the HoloLens and all that, where you have headset based AR, you have depth perception, you feel more immersed, you feel like the thing's actually there in front of you. Phone based AR, you're still just holding up a screen and you're looking at this flat little screen and you don't get depth perception you your brain gets tricked into feeling like there's a actual 3D product there but it's not the same like you put on a VR headset and you can feel like you're on the moon or you could feel like you're walking through some cosmic forest or wherever like it is this magical experience and i just wish more people got to try it I, I really get bummed out when people start badmouthing VR, saying, oh, it's a gimmick, Like it's not going anywhere without having tried it. Or maybe they've tried it, but all they've tried is a Google Cardboard, or even the Gear VR, or Oculus Go. Those devices are okay, but all they do is let you move your head around, just sort of rotate around and look around a scene. You don't feel like you can actually walk around a scene. And that's something that the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive have going for them is you have hand controllers, you have positional tracking, you can you can walk around, you can crouch down. If, if you're looking, let's say, at a product, you can get underneath it, walk all around it, inspect it, feel like it's actually there. And it is this magical experience. Grab it, throw it. Exactly, <laughs> pick up the couch and just like throw it. Like, whatever. <laughs> And I just wish more people had the opportunity to try that experience to realize how awesome VR can be because I've yet to meet someone who I've put a VR headset on and have them go like, ah, it was okay. Like everyone is smile ear to ear saying, "Holy crap, how do I get this thing like right now?" <laughs> and But then it's the crappy realization of, well, you have to buy this expensive headset. You have to buy an expensive PC with a powerful graphics card. Like, there's a lot of steps right now. So, I wish there was like a, an easier answer to be like, you want VR? Here's this single device, no PC required, positional tracking. It's awesome. We'll, we'll get there.
2: Yeah, someday. <laughs> That's awesome for sure. And
1: I think the other thing, too, and what excites me of where the industry is going, is I don't see AR and VR as being an either or. I eventually seen both devices converging into one, where it's up to the user or to the experience to define how much of reality do you want to keep and how much do you want to leave behind. Essentially, the spectrum of what is real and what is virtual. Because if I'm at home and I'm looking for a new couch, well, I would use... Let's say this headset and it would keep my room as is. Like, yeah, I, I'd see it sort of like an AR thing.
0: You'd have some sort of pass through vision, pass through, vision through your device. And,
1: and then I would see the couch, this virtual couch, appear in front of me. And then my world would be 90% real and 10% virtual. But if I was shopping for a tent, maybe I don't want to be in my living room. I want to be <laughs> in the forest I'll be camping in. Well, then my world could be 100% virtual. But maybe I don't want to run over my dog, my real dog, while I'm walking around this virtual forest, so I want to see him, and I also want to see my coffee table because that's where my coffee is. Well, now my world is 90% virtual and 10% real. So it's playing around with that scale. You could have either or experience depending on the setting. Sometimes you want to feel like you're on Mars. And sometimes you just want to see a vase on your coffee table.
2: Yeah. It doesn't feel like we would be too far from that. I mean, a a lot of the, uh, the headsets, the VR headsets that are coming out have cameras on the outside Mm -hmm. to the front. Right. I mean, like the Samsung uses that to determine the position of its, of its controllers. For example, it wouldn't be much further to put an actual vision you know camera there and and then it's just a matter of software at that point right some machine learning to know what a dog looks like and a
0: coffee table <laughs> exactly <laughs> or it could go the opposite direction where things that are focused on augmented reality some of the new headsets are you know based on the concept of like modifying your field of vision like the that's apparently what the magic leap does and so, if it can modify your vision to place objects into space, then perhaps it could modify your vision to see nothing of the of reality. But eventually, we'll
1: we'll get who knows smart contact lenses, retinal implants. Like, sign me up.
0: <laughs> You'll be the first at the <laughs> oculus surgery department. <laughs> Maybe not. I
1: think I'd like wait till version two.
0: Yeah, <laughs> smart. Will you will you have Facebook or Apple branded retinas? <laughs> oh. That doesn't sound <laughs> good at all. <laughs> what about the near future? Like if if you were to be the uh the oracle of AR and VR and predict exactly what's going to happen in a year or two, what do you see as like the most exciting things happening? Are are they evolutions of what we see today, or do you think that there's going to be any like ground shifts in what's going on? Hmm. That's a tough question.
1: One of the things I'm really excited about coming from the AR space is shared experiences. Uh, Apple showed something off at WWDC where you would actually have each person has their phone, but what they're seeing is like the same virtual object in the exact same spot, and that's going to be really important as we consider this sort of persistent AR layer over the world. If I put a virtual object in my house, I would like it so that other people who have AR devices would see that object in the exact same space. And then you get into these really, sorry, now I'm kind of deviating from near term to to, to far far in the future, but then you start dealing with like virtual ownership and stuff like would people furnish their homes in the future as much as they do today using real objects if they could put Virtual artwork on the walls and a virtual TV and virtual stuff that once they have their magic goggles or smart contact lenses in, um, they would just see all those items in the same spot.
0: Will there be laws against virtual graffiti? Exactly, right?
1: <laughs> and then also, too, who owns this AR layer? Like, would it be where, oh, Facebook has one layer, but then someone else has another one and then there's there's no single source of truth anyway that's going way too too far into the future but <laughs> it's interesting to start seeing these experiences start being shared because the social aspect of it all is just it makes it way more real one thing i found with virtual reality is experiences alone are fun experiences with someone else are amazing like it's just Million times better, and I get bummed out when people say, "Oh, VR is such an isolating device. You put on a headset and then you're just in your own world." I was like, "Sure, but if you also have a headset on and you know other people have headsets on, then we can all be in that same virtual world together. So these like shared experiences are key, and seeing them start happening on AR devices is just
0: amazing. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Specifically with Shopify, uh, you know, Jason recently had the opportunity to do build a, a small demo uh, using some of your tools to incorporate, like, I think they use the in-app shopping cart tool inside of an AR experience. Is that right, Jason? Well, I use the
2: API and uh, some some Unity stuff to access the API to, yeah, to virtually, you know, um, superimpose a shopping cart over a, you know, real video f- feed, if you will. So yeah, that was, it was, it was a 2D experience, <laughs> but yeah, I used, I used the AR kit functionality to detect an image and, you know, use that to pop open a, in this case, our, uh, Zeal's, uh,
0: swag store, if you will, on Shopify's oh, awesome. platform. So yeah, that was really cool. I was leading into a question about like, you know, there's there's lots of you know, your work, your team's working on tools, your team is working on platform improvements. How do you see the next year or two going? Do you think that uh, some of your merchants will be developing their own custom solutions or looking for help building things like that? Or do you feel like it's more that there will be more platforms for AR, VR, on commerce and and you're just going to kind of be a nexus for how that sort of thing gets, I guess, does it map more to what Shopify is today where more a platform where people set up what they're selling and and kind of instrument all that? Or do you see it more as like they're going to be building custom experiences and Shopify's systems are going to be at the core of that?
1: Well, Shopify is a multi-channel platform. So you upload your products to this one central admin, and then you can connect those products to different channels, whether that be selling on Facebook or Amazon, Pinterest, Twitter, eBay, the list is huge. We're taking that same approach for 3D. So once you have a 3D model of your product, we want to make sure that you can be connected to the channels that can consume those 3D models. So an example of that is Facebook newsfeed now supports 3D models. Well, we want to make it so that you can post, like easily post the 3D model of your product to Facebook and have that be viable or connect that into Snapchat or connect that into any emerging AR, VR channel that's out there. Because we're all about giving tools to merchants that help them reach where their consumers are. And the consumer of the future is going to be using AR and is going to be using VR. and they, We need to make sure that merchants can reach them. But... Before we do that, we need to make sure that merchants can get 3D models in the first place. That's really the biggest barrier to all of this. And it doesn't matter how many cool AR, VR experiences and tools we build, if they can't get a 3D model, they can't do any of that. So our focus right now is building up our partner network with partners who can do custom 3D modeling of products. And we announced at our Unite Shopify conference back in May that our services marketplace would have a ton of new partners that can do exactly that: three D modeling at scale, and we want to just make it really accessible and affordable for people to get three D models of their products.
0: That's awesome. Even today, what's the like the fastest route to acquiring these three D models? Is it to send just Photos to a studio that's producing these, or is there like a near term future where people are going to be using things like 3D scanners? Mm -hmm. So, there's a few ways to get a 3D model. The first way would be if you have
1: 3D CAD files, so industrial files for the use for manufacturing. A lot of the times, those can be converted to files good enough for real time rendering. Not always, but there's a good chance. Uh, But if you don't have those types of files already, then you essentially have two other options. Either you are doing photogrammetry or 3D scanning, or you're getting a 3D artist to model it from scratch. The 3D scanning works well if you know how to do it, if you know how to then clean up the model and do all the post-processing work required. But if you're a merchant who has no idea how to do any of that, it's not always the best solution. Gotcha. There are apps on the App Store that say, yeah, just use your phone, you take like 30 photos from different angles and they'll stitch it together and make a 3D model. It works okay. Like it's good enough to say, oh yeah, that's a 3D model of that thing. But there might be texture artifacts and weird areas and the bottoms missing and like all this sort of junk that you would need a 3D artist to be able to clean up. And if you don't clean it up, it's like, well this isn't really a, a a good enough representation of my product i don't want to put it up alongside my beautiful product photos and my beautifully themed website right so i think we're going to get there i think those apps are getting better but they're not this sort of turnkey solution any merchant can use their phone to make a 3d model of their product like we're not there yet so one of the areas that we're looking at right now is just using artists to create these models from scratch. And they'll just use a few reference photos, so maybe a photo of the front, the side, the back, and a few measurements, and they can do wonders with that. And it's not all that expensive. We've been chatting with some partners that can offer these services from between two to $300 per model. And you figure if, if you are a merchant that sells one product and this is like your bread and butter and you say, well, spending like 300 bucks to get a high quality 3D model of it that I can use on Facebook, that I can use in all these emerging AR, VR channels, that I can even just embed on my site and have people spin it around and interact with and and get more context and confidence when buying my product. It's like, yeah, that's probably worth 300 bucks right there. So, we're talking to some partners right now that can do this at scale. Some partners we're chatting with can do upwards of thirty to 40,000 products a month. That's awesome. And being able to connect our merchants to them in a very streamlined way, that's our focus right now.
2: Wow, that is, that's very cool. that's an amazing amount of, uh, of creation there. <laughs> Um, and how's that been going? I, I know that the, uh, again, I'm a bit of a Shopify fanboy, so I, I was aware that the the new partner opportunities existed, but it seems like it's still sort of an
1: early access thing. How do you? How is it progressing? Do you feel like it's progressing well? So we announced it back in May as this early access thing. Uh, we started off with some of our Plus merchants and testing it out there just to iron out some of the kinks, and also we want to. Put in the right processes to to correctly vet these partners to say, hey, can they do good enough work? And like, this is a first for Shopify to be offering 3D modeling service partners, whereas we've been used to stuff like photography services, website design, app development, and whatnot. So, so figuring out the process for for vetting these. These merchants, or sorry, these partners is something we're working on.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, we're, we're coming close to our time, so I want to definitely wrap up and respect everyone's time here. Before we go, though, uh, I invite every guest is there anything that you'd like to bring our listeners' attention to, or promote, or talk about before we go?
1: Of course. So if you are interested in providing 3D content creation services or AR, VR services for over six hundred thousand merchants on the Shopify platform. You can go to shopify. dot
0: com slash three d to sign up. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Daniel, for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you want even more Interestings, we have a great newsletter that we release weekly. We kind of go through all the things that come across our dashboard and, and write them up and make them very easy to consume. So that's at codingzeal.com slash Interestings, or you can follow us on Twitter at codingzeal. Thanks everyone.